Thursday, y'all. Thursday. Can I get a Thursday? Thursday. I don't even... I always, like... I'm, only Wednesday <laughs> is the only day that I feel like I can really chime in. Like on you the have day. a... Like yeah. A, and you didn't even do it this time. You didn't I do I did your, Wiki Wiki Wednesday. No, not today. Yes, I did. Not at the beginning. I, not at... When you normally do it. Maybe you said not something at the beginning. Else. But I said it. <laughs> uh, at some point during our three hours, I said it. Coming up on today's show, introverts versus group Bible studies. Ooh. Yeah, we got a, a list that I think would be controversial that we're going to go through. Uh-oh. Uh, plus, the latest news, random facts, and a battle. Battle. But first, it is March 14th. And we got a few uh, holidays. Holidays. We do. Okay, today is Pi Day. Right, because it's 3.14. Exactly. That's even how I I write my dates. I use periods instead of slashes. Really? Yeah, I'm one of those people. You're so weird. One of them people. You're probably the weirdest person I know. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I got into the habit of it because a lot of the files I save on my computer, I use the periods because you can't use slashes uh, to save a file. I mean, to be honest and fair, it looks neater. It sure does. Yeah. I agree. Like, And not neater as in cooler, just right. neater like, as in yeah. tidy. More professional. Yes. <laughs> Look at these wild slashes out I there know. looking all unprofessional. Right? <laughs> They're just ugly. I, I think backslashes and forward slashes are some of the ugliest things. Really? I don't know why. They're just not <laughs> appealing to the eye. Not sure. Uh, it's also Popcorn Lovers Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, mean, I used to really like popcorn. Yeah. But I think I've lost my love for it. Really? Yeah. You know what I still love? What? That. Uh, the, the the three popcorn tins. Yeah. Yeah, with the cheese and yeah. the caramel and the normal. They're not as mm. good. I just can't anymore. We didn't get one this last year. Yeah, you didn't. Man. Out. I'm... <laughs> I just, I'm just realizing we didn't get one. I'm like five bucks for that giant tin. And we didn't get one. And now they're not anywhere. I'm just remembering that I threw mine at my kid and popcorn went flying all over the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, that serves you right. That, like, there are things that I'm not proud of as a mom. And you would think that that would be one of them. That's but it's not. Them. I asked the kid to pick up, and he would not pick up. He just stood there defiantly looking at me, being a punk. And I had had enough. It had been like four hours of me asking very kindly to pick up. And I had the popcorn tin in my hand and just chunked it from across the front. And popcorn goes flying. This sounds terrible. In that moment... I didn't hit him with it. Oh, okay. That's a little better. <laughs> I hit the wall, but I didn't hit my kid. I wouldn't do that. But it was just the act of a popcorn tin flying across, popcorn going everywhere. Something that you would see on TV. S- slow motion yeah. with the orchestra behind it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Going everywhere. And all that he did... <laughs> Was turn around and start picking up the popcorn that <laughs> fell. And I was like, well, point proven. Now you're picking up. And now you have an even bigger mess to pick up because you pushed me to my limit. 
You made me like that. You did this to me. I was never like this until you. <laughs> Oh, gracious. It's going to be one of those stories that he tells, like, <laughs> in 20 years at Thanksgiving when we're all sitting around talking about all the good things of their childhood. And he's going to, remember that time you threw the popcorn tin at me? That's, ne- that's, never, that's never what you talk about at Thanksgiving. It's always about all the funny times everybody failed. Oh, no. At life. That's all we ever talk okay. about. <laughs> Maybe I'm a bad daughter. But a couple couple years ago, everybody was talking about all the fun things that my dad had done. Mm-hmm. And I totally was like, hey, remember that time that you had a six-hour drive and we had to go back to North Carolina and you made me sit in silence because I made you mad? And everybody, a silence then fell over the room. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely that person that puts a little bit of truth into the, the memories. You ain't you ain't this perfect person. Anyway, it's National Potato Chip Day, Matt. <laughs> you know, my, my example for a future story was going to be, hey, remember that time you videotaped me as a baby and threw a slice of cheese on my face? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is the worst thing ever. Ever. I'm so serious. And like two minutes after I posted so on Facebook, I posted a... A warning, if you will, to all my friends. If you participate in the, what's it called? The cheese say challenge. Say cheese. Say cheese challenge. Yeah, if you participate in that, I will unfriend you. Like, I, it is the dumbest thing. It is ridiculous. It is. So, hold on. But I saw, I saw a news story for it, which had some video clips of it happening. All the babies didn't care. They laughed and they ate the cheese. These are things. <laughs> That you go to recovery for as an adult. And I'm not even kidding. It's not like it would hurt him. It's a slice of cheese that weighs nothing. No, that hurts. What? I'm going to throw a cheese at your face. They don't slap it on him. You can hear it slap. You can. And the poor babies. Yes, Matt. That's not. I am dead serious. And you can see the baby's face because the parents say cheese, cheese, don't. And like, that is the worst thing as a child is learning who they can and can't trust. Learning that their parents are supposed to be the ones that they can go to for comfort and nourishment and You're getting cheese. They're getting nourished. They're throwing cheese at their face. That's, that's a nourishment. You tell them to say cheese because... Up until this point, you say, say cheese, and it means you're taking a picture. You want them to smile. No, you're throwing cheese at their face. I think every... every I think every parent every, who's doing this... Every time after that, the kid's going to be disappointed that they didn't get cheese every time they're told to say cheese. Now. I think... Like, hey, I said cheese once and you gave me cheese. Where's my cheese? I think... <laughs> nope. I'm... There was one clip intermixed in that of somebody throwing, like, throwing a slice of cheese at an adult who was sleeping. I'm all about that. Though. Okay. That's exactly. hilarious. I would, do it, I would do it to my children they, now. Right. I would. But not a baby. Because at so, this point, they've learned pranking. Sure. They've learned that it... No, I completely get it. And I, I agree it's... Just for that notion is that they don't know what a prank is. Yeah. They don't know what's happening. It's weird. I don't. I don't know if I would go as far as to say it's cruelty or like some are saying it's child abuse. I'm like, eh, I don't think it's child it's abuse, far, but I do think it's cruel. A little far. I think it's mean. Cruel. I think it's. Eh, I think it's really, rude. really mean. Sure, cruel. I don't know. 
No, okay, so to do it to an adult, it's rude. It's funny, but it's rude. <laughs> but to do it to a child who trusts you, it's cruel. It's mean. But again, you're not actually hurting them. It's just like, it's what if you feel You like, can't like, tell what like hurts so, and what doesn't hurt a baby. Oh, come on. If you I'm could, serious, none of them would Matt, cry. I really Wouldn't do they feel cry? Like, no, because in, the, in that instant, it's that shock of, what the crap did you just do to me? But then if they weren't hurt, they would, I mean, they would cry if they were hurt eventually. I would totally eventually. cry if somebody threw a piece of exactly. cheese in my face. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like they threw a towel over the kid's head. It's, it's about the same weight. It's eh, about the same eh. surprise factor. It's mm. just the fact that it's a slice of cheese that I think is setting people off a little bit more. I think what it is... Okay, so when you're doing a towel or a blanket over the baby's head, what are you doing? You're typically playing peekaboo. That's the game. Okay. Hot, cover the face, bring it over. Okay. It's peekaboo. So play peekaboo with a piece of cheese. No. <laughs> what you're doing with this cheese challenge is you're getting your child to say something, thinking that one thing is going to happen, and you do something completely different. You're preparing them for life. <laughs> I'm just pushing your buttons. <laughs> I think it's dumb. It's really dumb. <laughs> stupidest thing i think i've ever seen it really is do uh, it to teenagers do it to adults whatever i could uh, i would laugh at those doing it to an innocent baby is it's going too far y'all need your heads checked but what i was saying was two seconds after i posted that warning one of my really good friends who just had a baby a month ago she was like i can totally see my husband doing this and i was like you've got to be kidding me I don't even know who my friends are. <laughs> I have lost all respect. Oh, man. Okay. It's National Potato Chip I Day. I said that it was National <laughs> Potato Chip Day, but we went on a cheese rant. And it's also uh, crowdfunding day. Hey, yeah, crowdfunding. Speaking of, uh, if you love what we do here on Macro Morning Show and Macro Radio, consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash macro radio. But uh, I also included an extra holiday in there. That's yeah, tomorrow. For tomorrow. Just because I thought it was which has me thrown for a loop. Hilarious. <laughs> it's a uh, tomorrow. Make sure y'all participate in this. It's International Eat an Animal for PETA Day. <laughs> it is somebody's vindictive joke. That has now been recognized as an actual international an international holiday. holiday. <laughs> Which I'm all for. Yeah. Take a picture of you eating a burger, put it on Twitter, tag PETA. Say, thinking of you today, guys. Totally. Totally. I'm, make, I'm writing a note on my hand right now. <laughs> Friday, eat a burger. <clears throat> uh, let's play Onion, Not Onion. Whew. I got uh, two headlines. One of them is real. One of them is fake. Mo is going to guess which one is real. You could play along at home. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I you literally are writing it on your hand. Friday, eat a burger, hashtag <laughs> <Thank> PETA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two headlines. One's real, one's fake. Here's the first headline. Bored Iowa town trying to convince Kirsten Gillibrand its local tradition to eat a live tarantula. Okay. Or... Officers respond to a report of deranged person 
Fine cardboard cut out of my pillow founder, Mike Lindell. I'm going with that one. Cops are called for a deranged pillow. <laughs> Officers in Minnesota weren't quite sure who they were responding uh, to when a report came in of a deranged person, but they probably weren't expecting to find Mike Lindell, the founder of My Pillow, standing motionless with a smile. The Jordan Police Department said in a Facebook post Thursday that the caller told officers that they were concerned about a man standing outside without a coat hugging a pillow. That's funny. But it was just a cardboard cutout of Lindell. Those cardboard cutouts can sure look real from a distance, the department said, and the caller certainly was not wanting to get too close, thinking, who is this deranged person standing outside clutching a pillow? Always better to call the police. That's <laughs> that's legitimate. <clears throat> hey, okay, so I have a question. Yeah. Do you remember a couple months ago I talked about how um, somebody at the school was dropping off a kid and they had infants in the back seat that were not in car seats yeah okay and i asked what what you would do would you call the cops Mm -hmm. so called the cops a couple weeks ago because there it was a hopefully nobody listens that (laughs) (laughs) you just added yourself yeah um um called the cops a couple weeks ago because there was a car at pickup that had six Little kids in the back seat, all of them unbuckled, six kids, a car, a tiny little car, and then two adults up in the front seat. Okay, so I called the cops just saying, I'm not certain, but I just, you know, wanted to call as a citizen, a concerned citizen, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that was legit. I pull up to the school pickup the other day, and I park across the street from the middle school in a church parking lot, and my boys walk across the street there, which is what hundreds of other parents do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I pull into the church parking lot, and there sits a car sitting sideways in three parking spots, taking up three parking spots so that she, the first three parking spots, I'm assuming so that she can easily get out yeah. of the parking lot instead of having to back up and blah, blah, blah. And as I'm pulling in, I just kind of look at her like, you've got to be kidding me. That is three parking spots that you are taking up. And she just kind of smiles as if to say, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Could I have called the cops on her? Is that illegally parking? No. (laughs) I really wish that I could. I mean, I don't think, I don't think the only, only illegal parking is when you park in a handicapped spot. And even then. It has to have both the painting on the ground and a sign in front of it or parking in a fire area or one of those other cordoned off, no parking sign things. But when it comes to parking within the lines in a parking lot. But they weren't within the lines. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. When it comes to parking within or without the uh, oh. in the lines, it's not a legal thing. You don't have to legally park within the lines of a private parking lot or public parking lot. That's dumb. That's why people with like super expensive cars can get away with parking in the center of four spaces at Walmart. So nobody. <laughs> That's dumb. See, and I could, I kind of understand that one. At least when you're facing in the right direction, but you're taking up two parking spots. Sure. Okay, sure, I can kind of get that one. But this lady but even was then, for you real. Need to be in the back of the parking lot. Sure. You better not be up. Agreed. Front. <laughs> but this lady was for real. The first three parking spots, and she is sitting horizontal in them when they are vertical. Yeah. <laughs> I just. 
She was smiling because she knew there's nothing you could do about it. Exactly. <laughs> Stupid woman. Here, I have another quick question. Okay. When you drive through a parking lot and you're not driving in the lanes, but you're driving through like the parking spots, mm-hmm. is that illegal? Nope. Why is there not <laughs> rules about these things? Well, number one is because most of them are on private property. Okay, that's the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. Even, even stop signs on private property? You could blow past those. You can't get a ticket for blowing past a stop sign on private property. Like if you like that Walmart stop sign that's there in that just corner, go through it. you could go through it and you couldn't get a ticket for it. Most people don't, and most people don't know that. Uh, and it might not be the, the same all over, but I do know that typically when they're on private property, those are suggestions of the property owners, not legally, not uh, government issued. Yeah, right. By the state. The only thing that's really affected is fire lanes and handicap spots. Those are the only real things that are government enforced. See, that's still crazy to me. (laughs) Why? That is, I I don't understand it. Because I've heard, and I honestly thought that the person who told me this was just full of crap because he kind of makes up things like that sometimes. (laughs) I think I know who we're talking about. (laughs) Um, But for you to tell me, I'm... That makes me angry. <laughs> Why? You're not supposed to drive through a parking lot like that. And I did. We were in the Walmart parking lot, and I was driving the correct way through the lanes. And here comes the car, and I'm in my brand new car. But I was ready to hit this person just for the mere fact that he was he was going T-bone through. T-bone you on uh-huh. purpose. Yep, I was. I was ready to sacrifice my brand new car just just <laughs> to make a fact. point. Yeah. <laughs> he was going a little too fast for me to hit him, but I sure enough laid on my horn and let him know. And guess what? There was no better satisfaction than coming to the light. I went the correct way. Uh-huh. I coming to the light side by side and I made it through the light before he did because my car was faster and I did it the correct way. Okay. There is always that satisfaction, like when someone is in a rush to speed past you or yeah. whatever, and then you wind up at the light with them. At again. the exact like, same see, time. You could have just driven normal, you'd have been in the same spot. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, isn't that funny how life works? <laughs> All right, sorry. One more onion or not onion, two headlines here. One's real, one's fake. <laughs> Uh, first headline, man angry, his photo was used to prove all hipsters look alike, learns the photo wasn't of him. Or, <laughs> Raid introduces new box to cover bug until you work up enough emotional strength to kill it. Gosh, I hope it's the hipster one. <laughs> I really do. A man threatened to sue a technology magazine yes. for using his image in a story about why all hipsters look the same, only to find out the picture was of a completely different guy. The story of <laughs> in the MIT Technology Review detailed a study about a so-called hipster effect, the counterintuitive phenomenon by which people who oppose mainstream culture all end up looking the same. The inclusion of a version of a Getty Images photo of a bearded flannel-wearing man tinted with a blue and orange hue prompted one reader to write this message to the magazine. Your lack of basic journalistic ethics in both the manner in which you reported this uncredited nonsense and the slanderous, unnecessary use of my picture without permission demands a response, and I am, of course, pursuing legal action. But it wasn't actually him in the photo. In the end, the creative director behind the piece wrote to Getty Images and said, Look, we have an angry reader who doesn't like the way we use this photo. Could you check that you know that he signed a model release and the license isn't all in order? 
they have a team that deals with legal complaints and they went into their archive and checked the details and they came back and said, actually, the model in this photo does not have the same name as the person who wrote to you. The team wrote to the man and said, we don't think this is you. And he replied, oh, I guess you're right. It's not. No apologies. But at least the threat of legal action has subsided. And now they have another example to add to their article. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. <sighs> Coming up later in the show, is there a way to make introverts enjoy Bible study more? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stick around. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show on this Thursday morning. We're entering our second hour. And uh, at the top of this hour, we've got five random facts for you. Five random facts. Five random facts. Number one. The Japanese word for handbag is handubagu. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. Handubagu. 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 Which looks a lot like hand you bagu. Uh, Subway <laughs> makes enough sandwiches in a year to wrap around the earth 14 times. <laughs> I haven't been to Subway in a long time, but then I went the other day. I loved it. Yeah. I forgot how much I love Subway. Yeah. Getting a turkey with bacon or a meatball sub. Yeah. Mm. The They have a new like garlic cheese bread. Oh, yeah. Don't get it. No? No. Because all that it is is the three cheese bread, and then they take like a garlic butter spread, and they spread it inside the loaf bread, and then they make your sandwich. And so it just doesn't mix That seems like it would be like oily and... Yeah. It's just not good. It gives a really weird taste. Hmm. It's just not... It's not good. Uh, Number three, you can remove blood stains on clothes with Coca-Cola. See. I knew this. That terrifies me about Coca-Cola. You use it to remove blood stains. You can clean your car battery terminals. Uh Like, what is in this that people are putting in their bodies? I'm just going to Jesus sooner. That's all. I mean, (laughs) blood stains, you get that out with bleach. Bleach will kill you if you drink it. What is in Coca-Cola? <laughs> I don't know. Not certain. Terrifying. I'm sticking with my Sprite. Yeah. It's clearer. That means it's healthier, right? Maybe. <laughs> Can't see anything bad in it. Maybe. I mean. What's what's Coca-Cola hiding with its dark soda? Right? <laughs> uh, at age 22, Walt Disney was fired from a Missouri newspaper for... Not being creative enough. <laughs> that that newspaper sticking their foot in their mouths. Oh, what would they have done for them, though? I mean, <laughs> eh, I'm just saying. <laughs> Obviously, the reason for being fired was one of. Mm, I don't know. Um, I'm like, where are you going with this, Mo? 
It had no proof. <laughs> it had no validity. No vil- validity. Validity. That was what I was looking for. And lastly, it's more stressful to be a waiter than a neurosurgeon. We have discussed this before. Yeah, absolutely. That's got to be true. Absolutely. We've discussed it on a previous show. <laughs> All right. So, if you tuned in last Thursday... Heard that we were going to be playing a game called Osteen versus Fortune Cookie, where we see a phrase and we have to judge whether it was a quote by Joel Osteen or something out of a fortune cookie. And it was supposed to be a head to head battle, 10 versus 10, to see who knew better. And if Mo won, then she would actually get to challenge me for the title this week. Well, we didn't plan, or I, I'm going to say we, I'm going to take all the blame. I didn't plan that out well enough. I used a thing online that I thought would have at least 20 of these. It didn't only add 12. So Mo did her 10, got six of them right, I think. And then we started mine. We did two. I got them both right. And then it was over. And so <laughs> technically she won because she got more right than I did. But uh Yeah. Since but it was my again, fault. You were 100%. I was 100% right, and you were only 60%. <laughs> yeah. How do we judge this? Anyway, since it was my fault and I screwed that up, I've decided to let Mo challenge me for the title this week anyway. I uh, gave her the win, and we both made our own Osteen or Fortune Cookie lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, we each have seven, correct? correct? You made seven? I did more than seven, just for the fact that. Like, I was fearful that... We'd have some of the same? Yeah. (laughs) That's possible. All right. So, we did those, and uh, we're going to challenge each other on that. Who wants to... I will let you choose who guesses first. I'll guess first. You'll guess first? Yep, I'll guess first. All right. (coughs) So, here we go. I got my list here. Austin version Fortune Cookie. Please play along at home. This is a fun game. It is a fun game. (laughs) All right. Remind me I have something to tell you when we're done. Remind Mo. Got it. All right. Osteen or fortune cookie. Life will be more rewarding if you'll learn to be content in every season. Osteen. <laughs> Correct. Dang it, Mo. It's not nice. All right. If you are never patient, you will never get anything done. If you believe you can do it, you will be rewarded with success. I'm going to say... What are you going to (laughs) say? Fortune cookie. Correct. Okay, okay, okay. Difficulty will push you into your purpose. Uh, Osteen. Correct. Man, you're killing me here. The right people and the right breaks have already been lined up for you. Osteen. Yes. Wow. You're on a hot streak. You got four already out of seven. God can do tremendous things through the person who doesn't care who gets the credit. God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Osteen. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Wrong fortune cookie. Wow, Chick-chick. a fortune cookie actually used the term God. Okay. <laughs> and all right, so that's five. We got two more. <clears throat> Something good is going to happen to you. <laughs> fortune cookie. Nope, Joel Osteen. What? Dang. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Last one. Just as you spend money, you spend your life. You're either in, you've either invested it or you're wasting it. Osteen. Wrong. Fortune wow. Shut up. I only Woo. got four right. Woo. All right. I got a chance here. Wow. <laughs> it's harder than you think, right? Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. All right. So you got you got the first four correct. <clears throat> okay. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Happiness isn't an outside job. It's an inside job. Oh, gosh. Uh, Osteen. Fortune cookie. Darn. Well, that's a bad start. <laughs> um... No need to worry. You will always have everything you need. Golly. Osteen. Fortune cookie. No, Mo, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> Killing me here. Um, do all you can to make your dreams come true. <laughs> I can't trust my own thoughts. <laughs> Osteen. Osteen. Thank you. Yep. I just figured it had to be Osteen at this point. <laughs> um, let's see. You can change your world by changing your words. Mmm. Mmm. See, Osteen's a part of this word of faith thing. Sounds like a word of faith thing. Osteen. Osteen. Yes! Yes. Um, yes. What are we on? This is number five. That was four, yeah. So I've only gotten okay. two. All things are difficult before they are easy. Oh, man. See, I can just hear his voice saying all of these. <laughs> all things are difficult before they're easy. Um, man. Fortune cookie. Fortune cookie. Yes. <sighs> Breathing hard here. Number six? Yes. Okay. I have to get both of them right to win. Yeah. If we tie, I guess we have tiebreakers. Aye, aye, aye. Oh. Okay. Um, every exit is an entrance to new experiences. <laughs> I've heard a version of that on a TV show. Every exit is just an entrance to somewhere else. <laughs> it's Frazier. I'm going to say it's a fortune cookie. It is a fortune cookie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've tied, and there's one left. Um, <gasps> Freak it out. You'll have true happiness when you're not living to get, but living to give. Oh, that doesn't <laughs> sound like it was steam. Uh, I feel like you're tricking me, though. <laughs> feel like you're trying to trick me this whole game is trying to trick you <laughs> to be I feel fair like this is a double trick <laughs> double oh, weenies double weenies that's <laughs> from a advertisement for no it was a no, buzzfeed a... thing for couples what couples do couples do at the grocery store yeah yeah 
Okay. Um, oh, and specifically, it was about taking food samples of hot dogs. Hence the double weenies. Um, gosh, I don't know. Oh, I'm so nervous. Ah, fortune cookie. Joe Olstein. Dang it. <laughs> I okay. definitely said Joe Olstein. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So how many more do you have? Oh, gosh. Um, do you have at least three more? I think. Oh, gosh. One, two, yeah. Okay, let's do three more each. Let's see if we can beat the beat the game, beat the oh, system gosh. here. All right. <clears throat> when you do what you know you're supposed to do, even when it's difficult, a blessing will always follow. Hosting. Ah, yes. Ah! Um, you don't need strength to let go of something. What you really need is understanding. Oh, man. Uh, oh, Mo. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, gosh. Osteen. Fortune cookie! <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> okay. I got to tell you two things. Number one, I think I did so good because I had read through so many Osteen <laughs> quotes to come up with mine. Yeah. So I was, you know what I mean? Some of them were fresh on my brain. Some of the things that you... Oh, uh, okay. I yeah. had read them and I was like, wait. Yep, I remember that one. Mine I had made for way long ago podcasts before you were even on it. Really? Yeah. Okay, and two, I got all of my Osteen quotes directly from his Twitter. Yeah, that's where I get mine. And it used to be the running joke that he didn't even mention God in his Twitter. Jesus. Oh. He mentions God a lot. I was going to say, I had to sift through like <laughs> thousands of tweets to find ones that didn't mention God because I thought that would be a surefire giveaway. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, no, yeah. He, the, the running joke is that he rarely mentions Jesus by name. Uh, even on Christmas. Even on Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Despite tweeting at least twice a day every day. Got it. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I actually looked that up, though, for... A possible tiebreaker or something. I don't know. I just looked it up because I was curious, I guess. Because uh, that used to be the tiebreaker when we had multiple guests. And y'all were playing the game and I was just yeah. the host. The tiebreaker was how many days has it been since oh, Joe right. Osteen mentioned yep. Jesus on his Twitter account. Uh, but yeah, it was really recent. It was like February 24th or something like that. So yeah. I was like, hey, good. Because sometimes it's been like 80, 90, 120 days. I mean, it's been like sometimes it goes a long time. Uh-huh. Like, how do you even make it that long as a pastor and not mention Jesus? As, as I was scrolling last night, looking through, and I was like, does he listen to, does he listen to us? Has he listened to our podcast? And he's been like, oh, these people are on to me. I got to start mentioning God more often. Because every post was God, God, God. I was like, oh, okay. But you're right. It was Jesus. That right. Would be, okay. I feel like... I feel like, given the fact that we had such a hard time finding these things online, like it was just that one game. Yeah. And there was only 12 of yeah. them. I feel like we should make our own 
online game. Sure. Because I've got at least of the ones that I've mm, that I've made. Yeah. For games throughout the podcast years, I've got at least forty. Uh, to to play around with. Yeah. And we could easily make a bunch more. Why do I have the hiccups? I don't know. Mm. Superpowers engage. Well, I just did. I did ten. Really? Mm. All right. I I'm did ten fortune cookie quotes and ten Joel quotes. So there's yeah. twenty more so, that yeah, we can another add. Twenty. So. Yeah, I mean. Okay, well, you have to do it this week before anybody else hears this <laughs> and steals our idea. <laughs> Uh oh! See, you know what? You're right. I was counting mine as ten, but no, this was twenty, which means I have at least eighty. I think. Yeah. So we have like a hundred of these. See? Come on! Why aren't we already making this a game, or at least put it on a list online for other people to use as games? Yeah. Because it's fun. It's a fun game. It's hard. Uh Okay. Well, dang it. That means Mo is now winner, winner, chicken dinner. The undisputed back row champion she gets to hold the title belt and feel proud of herself i'm amazing this would be what the third time you've held the title ever we don't need to talk about how many times it's been that i've ever oh i've barely i've only i think i've only held it but yours is for a different reason yours is because you were always the one hosting the game therefore you couldn't play play all that much (laughs) i played sometimes yeah but not as many times as I did. That's true. Again, it's like the game that flopped last week. You got 100% correct, but I answered more correct. But that's only because I had more. Well, this time you beat me fair and square, Mo. Fair and square. Fair and square. You even did a lot of the work yourself. I'm proud of myself. You did really good. Yeah, those were great. You did fantastic in making those because uh-huh. those were hard. Those were very difficult. All right. When we come back, attempting to make introverts comfortable at a Bible study. Stick around. back to the back row morning show here in this third hour in our third hour we usually like to tackle a bigger topic than the first two hours and today we're taking one that i am going to deem as possibly controversial controversial. because i am an introvert and i've kind of skimmed some of these already and i'm very skeptical so we're going to read these it's it's 10 ways is it 10 i don't know i want to say it's 10 yeah Yeah, 10 ways 10 ways to get introverts more active in your small group or make them feel more comfortable in your small group bible study and uh yeah we're gonna read them we're gonna read the explanation and just kind of see where that goes because i don't know i'm skeptical as an introvert i'm skeptical already with the first one number one use what is deemed parent share you place people in groups of two so they can respond to a question or an assignment and then have them report back to the group. Shy people tend to open up one-on-one, but often remain silent in a larger group setting. A pair and share activity may be just the thing an introverted group leader needs to be more fully engaged in the Bible study. Um, guys, if you're an introvert, having a one-on-one face-to-face thing with somebody... Just as terrifying as being in a small group. 
Like you're, are you, do you, you don't consider yourself an introvert, do you? I was wondering. I like to say I'm an introverted extrovert. Yeah. Because I really, the older that I get, I lean more towards the introverted side. Yeah. But up until this point in my life, I've always been very extroverted. I've felt comfortable in group settings and public speaking and that kind of thing. But I think it really might just be that the older I get, the less I like people. <laughs> I just hate people. That's all. So I'm not an I, introvert. I yeah. Just don't like anybody. You know. <laughs> but see the. The way they set this up is that shy people tend to open up more in a one-on-one situation. I think that's like because they have to. There's no other option. If there's going to be anything happening, they have to open up. If it's a Bible study where you're talking face-to-face with one other person, it's either sit there and listen awkwardly and do nothing or talk. It's not a they want to open up. It's that they have no choice at that point. When you're in a large group, an introvert can kind of sit there, be quiet, and just take everything in. Mm -hmm. This is forcing them, Mm -hmm. not encouraging them, forcing them. So that was my thought when you were opening up this segment and telling what we were going to discuss. Because I'm halfway wondering if a bunch of extroverts made this list. Right. (laughs) Um and we're not giving the introvert a choice at that point. Mm-hmm. We're not allowing them to feel comfortable. We have 10 ways that as an extrovert, <laughs> we feel like it would be easier for you to open up as the introvert. All right. So we're off to a bad start with number one already. I also feel like if you got, like, how do you know that you're not going to put two introverts together in this parent chair? <laughs> then they're just not going to do And anything. they're just going to sit there and just look at each other awkwardly because no one's going to take the initiative. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Number two. Ask opinion questions. Uh, Tell me how this makes you feel and what did you think about questions. Give a shy person a reason to answer because the answer cannot be wrong. The answer is based on their thoughts, feelings, and experiences. There's no incorrect answer. That helps shy people take the risk and answer out loud. This is why this scenario in and of itself is why I have become more introverted. Because that whole mindset of there is no answer that can be wrong is false. (laughs) because you give your opinion or how something made you feel and you look around the room you scan the room to see what other people think and you see these looks of how dumb are you (laughs) why are we here with her do you know that has happened to me on a numerous occasion and i'm thinking uh excuse you it is how i feel not how you feel there is no so i've just stopped speaking okay so you're saying that that has created an introvert out of an extrovert yeah Alternatively, from an introvert's point of view, I actually think that that one could work. Because uh, I feel like I'm more open when it's about <coughs> expressing what you think about this thing. Don't scan the room. <laughs> I just don't care what other people think about me, Mo. That, and that, that, that's a lie, first of all. But that could also be the thing. It is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, goodness. But yeah, you're right. But no, I, I don't think that that one is as wrong as the first one. I think that one could could be accurate to help mm-hmm. uh, introverts be a little more active. It's going to put a hindrance for the extroverts. Oh, All right. So number three, and this is going to be a theme, I think, throughout this. Anytime we use this word group, it says place people in buzz groups. These smaller teams of four to six group members allow an introvert and introverted person to speak up, but not necessarily in front of the entire group and could be a quite larger number. That's see this I think is a misconception. 
is they think that intro- being introverted is about the size of the group. Yeah. And it's not. It's just a group in general. It's about people in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially people that you're not super close with. Yeah. Introverts who are super close with people will open up and usually more, more than, than they need to. Hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just vomit everything all over you. Yep. Um, but yeah, when it, when we're in this situation where it's a, a group setting of people that you don't really know all that well, it has no difference whether it is a group of 20 people or a group of four to six people or a one-on-one face-to-face thing. You're going to, introverts going to feel the same way in almost all cases. Yeah. Uh, number four, jot down answers. If you want to get an introverted introverted person to talk ask the group to write responses to questions on a sheet of paper once the person has written their thoughts they are more likely to share them and contribute to the discussion think of the writing assignment as the prep the shy person needs to feel confident to speak up Uh, so again this kind of harkens back to the two where we're talking about building up confidence to speak at all Mm -hmm. Uh, and if that is one of the main things that you have as an introverted person that holds you back is that you don't feel confident in talking, then yes, I absolutely see this one as working too. Yeah, I could see this one Giving people a chance to formulate their answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of doing the whole word vomit thing. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that is, I mean, that is a fear of an introvert is that you'll start talking and you won't won't know what you're talking about and you'll just keep going. Yeah. Like that Michael Scott quote. Sometimes I I just start a sentence and... Hope I find it along the way. <laughs> it's also a fear of an extroverted person because I've often said something and not been able to find a place to stop and just continued talking and talking and, but it's and not talking. So, but it's not something that an extrovert thinks about beforehand, right? It's something that they realize after. Probably. Right? Yeah. I think. I mean, I think that's the difference. Probably. Is that you're yeah. not worried about it. You're kicking yourself about it after at least the first time that you do it you're not worried about it yeah the more you do it the more introverted you the become. more you're like crap i've really got to learn to shut up <laughs> all right number five in this list of ways to get introverted people to be more participatory in small groups uh one verse at a time in order to encourage my group members to focus on the scripture passage we will study uh, i have learned to ask them to read the verses out loud as a group the trick i ask each person to read only one verse as we take turns reading through the passage we read the passage in order so everyone must pay close attention to the scriptures being read because my group members uh, prefer different translations of scripture that way uh, the way my CSB Bible translates one verse may be different than the way it translated the NIV, the NASB, the ESV, whatever. My group members have to listen very closely to the subtle differences in the translations to keep up. It makes them stay laser focused as we read the focal passage before diving into the study and understand that the verses, uh, understand the verses two or three at a time, winding our way through the focal passage. The introverted group member only has to read one verse and they can anticipate which verse that is. As the exercise begins, by asking each group member to read a verse, it places the entire group on equal footing. Okay, so <sighs> we all know that when this happens, we're pre-reading mm-hmm. what we are assigned to read. Right, and not listening. Not to listening. What's happening. We're pre-reading so that <laughs> we can that make sure. Yeah, so that we can make sure <laughs> we don't stumble. We don't have any big words that we don't know, or mm-hmm. any awkward names, or awkward towns, or cities, or whatever. And then it really, like, I can't stand when there are multiple versions. Jumping through the different versions? Yes. This sounds awful. It sounds like a terrible idea. If you're going to make me read a verse, provide me and everyone else in the group a copy of whatever translation you're reading from. Mm -hmm. 
Because I do this thing where I'm like, I'm reading along, da, 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 and they say a word that is not the word that is said in my Bible, and I look, and I look at the other people around the table to see, am I the only one that has the wrong scripture? Am I not in the right passage? Wait a minute, that's not what mine says. Does yours say that? Nobody else is looking around like they don't know what they're talking about. I must be in the wrong passage. And some are worded so differently. Yes. So differently that you can't really even tell that they are the same passage. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easy to get to that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yep. Um, Introvert-wise, I mean, I can see I can see how preparing for it might make them feel better. But I feel like the fact that it's already written down and you're just reading it yeah. already does that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, as an introvert growing up, I had no problem reading out of the textbook or yeah. whatever in class because it's already there and everybody else is just following along. Now, I had, you know, fears of messing up words and stuff like that, but that's not necessarily an introvert fear, as you just said. That's like a kind of an everybody thing. You're yeah. preparing for what you read so you don't sound like an idiot. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know how helpful that would be. Yeah. Uh, number six, plan ahead. Uh, and what they mean by that is email an introverted group member one or two questions that you know you're going to ask the group. Invite them to consider their answers well in advance of the group study so that they'll be ready to speak up and share. Uh, sometimes introverted people don't speak up because they are in deep thought. If they have time to think ahead, they will be more readily uh, to speak up during the Bible study. Now, that is true. Uh, introverted poop people, poop <laughs> introverted <laughs> people uh, do tend to think for a long stretch of time mm-hmm. and just be silent. And that can come off as either rude or standoffish. Right. Um, but really they're just thinking. They're yeah, formulating really they're their thinking. thoughts. <laughs> That's all. And usually they want to get right down to business. Yeah. Uh, which is one reason that oh, a lot of people in my church have thought that I was rude at one point or another, because they'll come up uh, with, you know, a, a project or an announcement or something they want me to do. And instead of me being, pleasant and and upright i'm immediately saying okay uh what do you need because mm-hmm. i'm already my gears are already working and i'm like all right how do i formulate this i need to get this right i need to make it right for them mm-hmm. make them happy but i'm not doing any of the pleasantries and the how are you doing and how's your mom and all this kind of stuff how's your mom <laughs> like well, that's a rude person who just wants to get down to business and doesn't even want to consider me a human being um, that's not it at all that's yeah. just how my brain works uh, so, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I do like that. I yeah. think this might be the best one. Any Bible study where you can have the the questions or the discussion to read over or consider know, a couple days or a week or whatever in advance, I think it's good not only for the intro- introvert, <laughs> the introvert, <laughs> but for the extrovert as well. For all these introverted people. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. It's very, uh, I think it's very handy all around. It's just a good tip. <laughs> Number seven, ask for help in leading the Bible study. To more fully engage an introverted member, invite them to help you lead a portion of the study. Give them an article to read, asking them to break it down into a two-minute report they deliver to the group. Ask the introverted person to look up one or two verses of scripture and explain how they relate to the study at hand. Just make sure that you do this in advance of the group's Bible study. I think that's fine. I agree. You have to have a job for them when you yeah. bring it to them though don't you can't just say hey how would you like to help me because the answer is going to be no that's okay right right <laughs> but if, if you, you but if you come like it says here with yeah. a specific thing hey can you do this look yep. this up can kind of condense it for the group yeah i like that yeah. that could work 
Uh, number eight, realize they are engaging in different ways. I think that we covered this a little bit. Yeah, it may be wrong to assume the individual person is fully engaged with the rest of the group. Just because they don't speak up, don't assume that they aren't right in step with you. Mm-hmm. Introverted people often need extra time to think about their responses. They are very careful and cautious. Don't interpret silence as a bad thing. Just know that they're processing what they're hearing and learning uh, and how to respond to your questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not that, I mean, it's not that they're slow. Introverted people are dumber or need more uh, no, but at time because the they don't understand. It also doesn't mean that they're being rude, right. like we said. Right, right, right. It's just all about is they they are careful with how they speak, how they open up. Uh, they want to make sure that they have everything processed before they open their mouths. Yeah. While extroverted people tend to, well, I don't want to generalize because it sounds bad. I was about to say they talk first and think later. That's yeah. not exactly what I mean either. <laughs> but they're more apt to speak up quickly yeah. than they are to sit and think about it first. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I think in- extroverted pers- persons... Gosh, why are we <laughs> extroverted people don't like that awkward silence and so they feel like they need to fill yeah, that yeah, instead yeah. of instead of being okay with just sitting in silence and formulating your thoughts, they that's more awkward for them. You know, right. it, the the speaking up and filling the silence is awkward for the introverted person, whereas the sitting in silence is more awkward for the extroverted. Imagine a, being in a Bible study full of just introverts, and you're the only extrovert. And so you're after the only one ev- talking. So after every question, everyone's all quiet. Everyone's thinking. Um, I can. I'll answer. First. I've been that person. <laughs> I've been that person. That seems terrifying as an extrovert. I've also been in a Bible study full of a bunch of extroverts. And everybody's and talking over each up. other. Yeah. And it, there's just no... It, <laughs> oh, man. Number nine on our list of ways to get introverted people more involved in small group Bible study. Don't call on the introvert to answer questions. This always yeah. bothered me in school. <laughs> it really, because I could see the awkwardness and the, like, almost tears welling up in the person's eyes. But it was like the teacher's motive in order to get them to speak out, you right? know? Yeah. It's, it used, it's well, I mean, still does. It's seen as a uh, social defect. Yeah. A weakness of, a of some sort. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once you've identified the introverted people in your group, don't intentionally call on them to answer questions. Allow them the privilege of responding as they wish to whichever questions they wish. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then number 10, and this one we might disagree on again uh, with the list, group them with other introverts. Mm-mm. One of the worst things you can do to an introvert is to place them in a group with an outgoing gregarious person these those personalities tend to dominate the introvert and their willingness to respond decreases significantly if possible be savvy and place several introverts in the same smaller group if you're asking the group to do some group work so i guess in the situation of there's going to be small groups so or there's going to yeah there's going to be smaller groups within the small group to do some group work in that case yes this is correct put them with other introverts if you can because those dom- those personalities will clash if you try and mix them with a bunch of extroverts. But when it comes to putting them in a group in general, 
they're still not going to like it, <laughs> even yeah. if it's with other introverts. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like I work better with introverts versus extroverts. But I think that that's because I don't. You want to know why? No, because you're going to be ugly. Because <laughs> I'm thinking it. Go ahead and say it. I don't know if we're thinking the same thing, but I was going to say it's the introverts that always do all the work. Oh, no, that's not what I was going to no? say. what were you going to say? Because I like to hear myself speak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, because see, I want to be the voice. I'm thinking back to high school and college where we were doing all these group projects and I'm the only introvert in the group and... Even though we all had assigned sections, none of them did anything. And so I wound up having to cover for them in the last hour before class and do it all. Happened more than I can count. So I feel like I feel like we're the prime example. Our friendship is the prime example of an extrovert and an introvert working together. Yeah. Okay. I have ideas and I come to you with ideas. You have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of things that go around in my head. Okay. You are better at putting pen to paper and getting things done than what I am. So I have all these things that I've thought up, but I come to you and say, okay, I need you to do this because I can't do it. I know I can't do it, <laughs> but I know that you can do it. But you have opinions and you voice them. Do you know? Thoughts and ideas. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So no, we, I agree with you. As a team, we work well together as mm -hmm. long as one person doesn't feel like their part is more important than the other person's part. As long as the introverted person doesn't feel like, well, I'm doing all the work and she's just sitting <laughs> back there, you know? Right. Or no, I'm not feeling like, well, I have all these great ideas and Matt gets all the credit for it because, <laughs> you know. Even though that is a joke I made earlier in the week. You don't even do any of the work. I'm doing all the homework here. <laughs> but to be fair. <laughs> to be fair, that's the way I likes it. <laughs> because I need to be in control. <laughs> exactly. And you have a lot of ideas that you just want out in the universe. You want them to be done. You don't necessarily want to be the one to do it. Well, and that's, I and told that's you, fine. Some people got to have the ideas. I that's, told you last week how, you know, we've discussed how we've moved to a different church and that pastor of the church was like, you should really be a part of the media team because <laughs> what you do for Back Row Radio and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. What you don't know is that Matt does all that. <laughs> if you put me on the media team, I'm just going to be sitting in a chair going, we should do this and we should do that and we should make this happen. And somebody else is going to be doing all the work. They're idea havers and they're the workers that make them a reality. Mark Zuckerberg didn't come up with Facebook. He just made His it a reality. extroverted friend did. <laughs> <laughs> he just took the idea and ran with it and then cut them all out. A good, a good team needs both an extrovert and an introvert in order for it to work and succeed. It just does. Agreed. But I think the introvert has to be comfortable with the extrovert first before anything really works. Okay, so otherwise order, this would be a very silent podcast. In order for <laughs> said introvert to be comfortable with said extrovert, said extrovert must put themselves in a potentially deadly situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that will begin the comfort between yeah, the two. <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
It's like when you when you walk up to a crocodile in the water and you think it might be a statue, but it might also be real. You just got to step into the water and find out. Yeah. <laughs> he might be your best friend. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for that. Let's do our uh, Ask Us Anything, which isn't technically a question. Oh, gosh. I don't like these ones that are so, like... This is, like, real. They this make me search my life. <laughs> <laughs> we are supposed to be more lighthearted on our show. Um, our Ask Us Anything for today is challenging us to name one struggle that we're dealing with right now. Okay, you know what? Here we go. I got this. <laughs> Mo's ready. Mo's extroverted. She's not going to think about it. She's going to spill it out. <laughs> but I'm doing it for you because I know that you as the introvert are going to have a difficult time answering this. So I'm going to give that. you Thank time you. to think about it and formulate your answer <laughs> while I word vomit for a few minutes. All right. Um, one thing that I am struggling with right now is I think they kind of go hand in hand. Um, body confidence and losing weight. Just being happy with where I am. Understanding that choices that I made have brought me to this point and not looking back on pictures from two years ago when I had lost a whole bunch of weight and was looking really good and being like, what was I doing with my life when I decided to eat Sonic every day? Um, so that's something that I'm I'm really struggling with, mostly because I have an eight-year-old daughter who I know hears things that I say about myself. Mm. And that's not something that I want to pass on to her. I don't want for her to ever look in the mirror. And if she's gained a couple pounds, I don't want her to feel like she's less than. Sure. Yeah. I get that. So there we go. Okay. Um, what I'm struggling with right now, and I think they go hand in hand, is body confidence and losing weight. <laughs> Are you being a jerk? No, I'm serious. That's what I was going to say, too. No, uh, but I'm on the opposite spectrum is that I I am dangerously close to having some real serious health problems if I don't lose weight. And so I've been uh, little by little doing things. I'm finally starting to see a little bit of success. Uh, the problem is I've been here many times. I've seen success many times. Uh and then I've fallen off again. Mm -hmm. um, so, but in those other cases, I hadn't gone, I guess, as slowly as this. Uh, this time I've like really taken my time and tried to acclimate to each tiny change I make. Yeah. And when I feel like I'm going too fast, I back off. Um, because I want to just dive in and like, all right, tomorrow I'm eating nothing but cauliflower and... <laughs> Working out three Sunflower hours in the gym and, yeah. every day. You know, and... I want to dive in and just uh, be quick and let's just get this off now. Yeah. And I think that's been my problem every time before that uh, or diving into a diet where, all right, I'm just going to drink uh, shakes all day and yeah. never eat any real food. And you can't do that. You can't do that and survive mentally. Yeah. Um, and I know that this last year or a little more than that with my dad mm -hmm. going downhill that I was stress eating all the time because I was my mom's uh, sounding board right. for her emotions. And when when you're that person who doesn't really have a sounding board of your own, because I definitely don't want to put that on my wife, uh, you just kind of eat your problems. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, I just I spiraled out of control and the 
point was, you know, my dad died because he had cirrhosis of the liver, which he got from having a fatty liver. And I know that I have a fatty liver. Yeah. Uh, and so I want to try to reverse some of that. I know that I'm on, I'm in pre-diabetes. I'm like, on, I'm like, I'm teetering on the edge in any given day of type 2 diabetes. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's... I'm at a I'm at a crossroads where it's gotta happen mm-hmm. because if it doesn't, bad things will start to happen. Well, and I know that if I continue the route that I'm I've been on, and mm-hmm. ours was very Chris and I both we've both put on. I don't want to say how much weight in the last <laughs> about year and a half, yeah. but we when Chris's mom died, he went for about six months where he didn't eat at all. Mm. He was just. That was how his depression kicked in. But then after that, he just like, you know, depression happens in cycles. Mm -hmm. And he just started eating everything. And I feel like I am a like community eater. So if he was eating, I was eating. Right. And what he was eating, I was eating. And we would just sit and eat together. We both find comfort in food. Mm -hmm. And so, but now it's gotten to the point to where I do it because it's a habit. And... I know that if I continue doing it, I mean, in the last year, I've seen a huge change in my weight. I can't imagine what another year of doing this is yeah. going to be, you know, and where it's going to put me. So. And see, that's the other thing. As you're talking about like a habit. Yeah. You know, I've been a leader now, the the ministry leader for our Celebrate Recovery for uh, over two years. Mm-hmm. And I, you know... I came to the program because I had another addiction and, you know, God brought me out of that and I've been clean for coming up on nine years. And so that's why, you know, I'm qualified to be in that position. But at the same time, I'm now dealing with another addiction Mm -hmm. that I've been dealing with my whole life and I feel like I'm barely getting anywhere. Yeah. Despite, you know, I've been doing the step studies and working through it and I still can't seem to get a foothold on progress. Yeah. And so there's a lot of times where I'm up there on Thursdays at our CR meetings thinking I really shouldn't be the one leading this group. Yeah. And the only reason I'm still doing it is because I know there's nobody else to step up right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all around. It's hitting me. Gosh, mm-hmm. this is a hard question. I probably shouldn't have put it in here. Thanks, Matt. I oh. appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you to whoever asked us that question. I appreciate it. Huh. <sighs> Anyway, that's where we're at. Yep. We want to be healthier. We do. Without being ridiculous about it. Yeah. <laughs> Driving ourselves nuts. All <sighs> right, so we've put it out there. Woo! And we've said it. You know what this means, right? Like, we have to be doers. We're going to be attacked. <laughs> that's what this means. Well, we have to be doers. It means the devil's going to come and attack us. Mm. going to put ice cream sundaes in our laps. Uh, it happens all the time it anyway. It does, right? All the time. <laughs> I, my mom accidentally left a twin crony, or not twin crony, a Taco Villa brownie at my house the other day, and it's been all my willpower not to eat it. Listen, <laughs> I saw your mom at the grocery store the other day, yeah, and she looks amazing. She's lost a ton of weight. She in looks the last two years amazing. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk to her because I didn't know if she'd know who I was, and I didn't oh, yeah, want to do the whole are. like, "Hey, you're Matt's mom. I'm Mo." <laughs> You know, I didn't want to be that awkward. Oh, yeah, you probably would have had a reminder. Yeah. 
But once you said who you were, she'd know who you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, she's yeah, she's also a lot. She's she's doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Close out the hour. Yeah, let's close it out. <laughs> <laughs> we can't talk about it anymore. What is that cry? We're done. I'm sorry. Um, we're gonna take we'll a break. Back. We'll be back at the end of the hour to close out the show. Stick around. Back to the Back Row Morning Show as we're here to close out your Thursday. We got your Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. And our thought for the day comes from Dr. James Dobson. Integrity demands that I do what's right, even if it's unpleasant and unpopular. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific. And if you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed together into a podcast for you over on BackRowRadio.com or most places you find podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for Feel Good Friday as our buddies Donnie and Jordan take over the morning with their show, You're My Friend and I Trust You. And tune in Saturday morning beginning at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific for six hours of classic Christian music to cruise to in our Saturday morning cartoons. Block. And then again at Saturday night uh, for our Saturday Night Rap Block, two hours of nothing but the best hip-hop and rap from yesterday and today, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Whew. <laughs> and don't forget that you can connect with all aspects of The Back Row by visiting thebackrow.org and join our meme-packed Facebook group at brbchurch.com. Lastly, if you love what we're doing here in The Back Row Morning Show or Back Row Radio in general, please consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash Radio. Uh, help us to continue to grow as our costs for licensing are rising and uh, as we want to continue to keep adding more and more music to the station. Uh, that costs money, too. Uh, we're only about one-sixth of the way to our fundraising goal, so if you can help out even just a little bit on a monthly basis, 5 bucks, 10 bucks a month, uh, we would be greatly appreciative of you helping out our ministry. Mo, what's the final word? We need your money. <laughs> Please. That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.